All right, all right, all right. Welcome back to the Misfit Nation. Our second veteran to highlight is a person who grew up as a military brat and learned what service was about as a child. She then joined the Army herself and served for eight years. Once she got out, she then married a soldier, so she has been around service her entire life. She now serves as a motivator to others, as a speaker and a mentor. So let's get Ms. Georgette Council on here. All right, welcome to the show, Georgette Council. How are you, Georgette? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. It's a beautiful uh, semi-fall day here. Hopefully okay. you're uh, enjoying some fall weather there. Actually, it's not too fall-like here. I'm in South Carolina, and we were no, over 90 degrees today. So <laughs> That's why I did air quotes. You couldn't see it. I'm in Tennessee, so we had about 86 today. So. Oh, that sounds pleasant. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> so if you'd like, uh, Georgette, I want you to tell the audience a little bit about your background, uh, your backstory, where you came from, and how you got to where you are now. Okay, well, um, again, my name is Georgette Council, and um, thank you for having me on. I appreciate the opportunity to share my story. Um, I was um, a military uh, brat. I was um, born overseas, born in, in Augsburg, Germany, and lived abroad for most of my, my young life. Um, my father was uh, in the military, and um, we traveled the world and all of that good stuff, and then um, once I became um, an adult at some point, I also did a stint in the military. Um, I did nine years in the JAG Corps. I was a 71 Delta legal specialist and court reporter um, and loved that, enjoyed that um, until the time that um, Desert Storm and Desert Shield started uh, back in 91. And I was um, about to be married and um my now ex-husband had two young children and we were getting custody of them and we couldn't both be in the military and get deployed. And of course, at that point, we had no idea to know how quickly that war would um, or that conflict would, you know, would, would transpire and be over. But um, the fear of the unknown. And at that particular point, they were not, um, uh, there was not a freeze on your ability to ETS. And so I, uh, did go ahead and we made the decision for me to uh, to come out of the military um, so that I could focus on, uh, you know, being a mother to uh, to my two daughters. Um, from there, um, my ex-husband retired um, here in South Carolina and um, I came here and um, loved it and, uh, you know, have, have been here ever since. I've been here since 90, D -D -D -D, I think 94. Um, so I've been here for, uh, for a long time. I currently serve as the executive assistant to the superintendent of one of the uh, largest school districts here in the state and, um, have been doing that now for about 18 years and, um, and totally, uh, enjoy that as well. So that's pretty much, uh, that's kind of it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a long time to, you know, in military, when you, you hear your someone's in the military, then you. You know, you hear it. They stayed someplace since 1994. That's a long time to put an anchor down. But congratulations on that and, and, and finding roots. That's good. Yeah, yeah. So what made you choose 71 Delta, legal clerk? Well, um, you know, when you uh, take the ASFAB, you know, they, they figure out kind of where your strengths and weaknesses are. And um, 
the legal area. That was one of the MOSs that um, they said that I, you know, scored well enough on the exam to do. And had I not joined the military and I, if I had the wherewithal, uh, I would have been uh, an attorney. I was really um, interested in the legal field and um, but I didn't have at that time the motivation to go to school um, and to kind of see that through. So this was the next best thing and way for me to be able to do that. So um, I did that. I, I really um, enjoyed, you know, learning legalese and how to do wills and powers of attorney and learning about, you know, Article 15s where the uh, military is concerned and the USMJ, UCMJ and, um, you know, just you know, everything that had to do with um, justice. And um, and so, yeah, it just kind of um, fell in my lap as an option and I was <laughs> able to to seize the opportunity, so. That's good though. I mean, did you start uh, your reserves time overseas or did you start it on stateside? A stateside, I was at Fort Benning, Georgia. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow, all right, nice. That's another hot yeah. spot. You like the hot areas, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this has been the story of my life. <laughs> you got that magnet on you now. That's good. <laughs> I guess. And when did you uh, start the speaking council? Uh, well, the concept came about maybe 10 years ago. Uh, as I work with the school district, I have had the opportunity through some professional organizations to do presentations. And um, I'm a leader in my school district for um, for clerical and, and office professionals. And so I began doing more and more presenting um, because of the, the job that I do have working with the superintendent. I had the opportunity to be before administrators and managers and all of that a lot more. And so I began to develop my speaking skills, not kind of on purpose, but it just kind of became a part of what I needed to do as, as a part of my job. And the more I did it, the more people would, would compliment me and say, you know, what a great job I did and, um, you know, how I should really do this for a living. And, you know, people saw uh, something in me at that point anyway that I didn't even really see uh, in myself. And so at some point after hearing that for a number of years, uh, you know, I said, you know, maybe there's, maybe there's something to this. And so I reached out to a couple of speakers that I had seen that I admired that were kind of inspirational to me um, and asked them for some advice and some thoughts and some feedback. And it was all very positive. And uh, my husband had been encouraging me to, to do that for, for a while. And um, so finally, I got serious about it um, in about 2017. Um, and began to, you know, try to market it a little bit. The challenge was that I do have a full-time job. And so I couldn't do both, you know, at the same time. And um, the kind of training and the kind of speaking that I did um, and the audience that I, that I had that was most accessible um, was through the school district. So they were available at the same time that I was available. Um, and so that presented a little bit of a challenge. And so I kind of backed off of it for a little while. And then 2019 um, came around and I decided, you know what, I'm gonna hit this hard. And if I can make a go of this and I can get something going, then I will leave my traditional nine to five and I will do this for a living. But I've got to step out on faith and take a chance. And uh, unfortunately, before I could do that, 
um, in May of 2019, I had a routine mammogram and it was discovered that I had breast cancer. And so that got put on hold, (laughs) um, of course. And then, um, so ended up having a a double mastectomy and, um, and, and other treatments and things like that through 2019. And then of course, 2020, the lovely (laughs) COVID-19, uh, became a part of our lives. And, um, so that further, um, you know, kind of changed things a little bit, but I did do a little of a pivot where I, uh, did do some online training and things like that. Um, since that was kind of the way that things were going at that particular time. And so of course the hope was that 2021 would be different and would be better. And, you know, of course, here we find ourselves again, um, dealing with another surge and dealing with ongoing, uh, you know, challenges related to COVID. So uh, it is still, um, I'm still active with it. I still um, seek opportunities. Um, I spoke uh, at one of our local associations, um, school boards associations last week. So I still have opportunities um, to hone my craft and um, to get out there and, and to share and motivate and inspire people. So that's awesome. And uh, you're showing your motivation and your positive mindset by dodging those wrenches that you've had thrown at you since 2019 with the breast cancer, going through that that journey, that uh, that climb up the mountain and back down to come back to reality. And then as you think you're coming out the other side, the world throws a whole wrench at everybody with COVID. <laughs> and, and, and now you're basically treading water and trying to get it right. And it's going to happen for you. I can feel it in your voice and your positivity. But uh what inspires you to stay that positive? Well, you know, I think that I, I surround myself with other positive people, my family and, and my small circle of friends. You know, they're very positive people. They're very encouraging. I've had lots of mentors in my life, um, including my, my daughter, um, who is 27 years old, who is also like, you know, mentors me. I learn stuff from her all the time. Um, but I've had lots of positive influences in my life that, um, you know, make it easy to, um, you know, to, to remain positive and not find yourself, you know, kind of in a slump, you know, or feeling sorry for yourself or, uh, you know, playing the blame game or, or anything like that. And additionally, I have a very strong faith and I just have a belief that everything is going to be okay. Uh, whatever the outcome, you know, that I know that what's for me is for me. And, um, you know, sometimes um, my timing is not God's timing and I have to be patient and I have to be flexible and um, just be mindful of that. And, uh, and so, yeah, I just feel like at the end of the day, whatever is supposed to be with the speaking council, uh, with my, my job, with the school district, with my family, um, you know, everything is going to work out the way it's supposed to. And I know it's going to be perfect for me. So, um, so yeah, I just, uh, I just believe in the power of positivity. That, that's, and I, whatever happens to you today, it happens for a reason. That's why uh, we're on this earth to have uh, things go on and uh, have interactions with other humans every day and, and see things in a positive light and see how the two people as they meet can make something better for everyone. And I think it's inspirational how you talk about it the same way. And you use faith as your guide. And a lot of people say we don't believe in a higher being, but they just don't want to admit it. In a, in right. One believes in Yeah. 
time, and then the chaplain said, you know, Sarn, there's, there's no atheist in the foxhole. I said, what? And he was right. There was no atheist in the foxhole. There definitely wasn't. Everyone believed in something. Everyone yelled to somebody when the, when the rounds were firing. And that's just something that inspires each person in a different way. Some people just do it a different, uh, right. a different angle, I like to say. No, I agree. I think that, you know, we're all blessed to be a blessing. And, you know, I think that's part of it. I've been very fortunate in my life, you know, even uh, through the breast cancer, you know, journey. I'm actually writing a book right now um, called Better After the Battle, The Blessing of Breast Cancer, um, because, you know, it was hard to accept initially. But as I lived through this and continue to live through this journey, I realized that I was chosen for it because I do have a platform and I do have the ability to reach other people and to, to motivate them, to inspire them, to encourage them. And I believe that that was the purpose in, you know, the Lord allowing me to be one of the people um, that he used to bring people closer to him. And again, just to kind of inspire and encourage people um, and let them know that they can get through it. Um, you know, it's daunting, um, kind of like a war, you know, when, you, when you're in wartime. Um, you know, or even just not even wartime, but just being in the military when you're away from family and stuff, it can be daunting and overwhelming. And it, sometimes it seems like, you know, you're not going to be able to make it, you know, that you, you, you know, just become so much. And, um, you know, I now having gone through this particular process can speak to the fact that you can get through it, no matter how bad it seems, you know, losing hair, uh, you know, being sick, you know, extreme fatigue, medications, just whatever it may be, but you still have life. And that's something to be thankful for um, at the end of the day. And everybody doesn't get, you know, a chronic disease um, or illness, but everybody's got battles that they fight. And, you know, just letting people know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. Now, how long your tunnel may be longer than mine, but you know, there is light at the end of the tunnel and you can, you know, get beyond whatever those challenges are in your life. Right. You just got to, you got to know that it's, this too, this soon too will pass. It's much like at some point COVID will pass. My, my dad's right. 81 years old. And ever since it started, it started basically after his 80th birthday. We had a surprise birthday party for him. And right after that, his area got shut down. He's up in New Jersey. And he just keeps telling me this too soon will pass. This too soon. Will. He just stays positive the whole time. And yeah. that, that's an inspiration to me right there. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we have to be um, present and mindful to what is going on when we are in these storms, because there's something to be learned, you know, and I think part of maybe the reason we're here again this year is because something we should have learned last year, we did. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, so it's like, okay, here's another chance. You know, here's another chance to get it right. But, you know, there are lessons to be learned. Um, you know, when you have to go through the challenges of life and, you know, you have to be mindful of that so that you don't repeat the same, you know, problems over and over and over again. So I'm hopeful that we will learn the lessons <laughs> needed with this COVID so that we can get back to some sense of normalcy. I mean, I know things will never go back to the way that they were pre-COVID, but, you know, hopefully we'll get to a point where at least we can enjoy you know, our families and our friends and, you know, and gatherings and things without the, you know, the fear. Um, right. You know, is this going to be a, a super spreader event? You know, is somebody <laughs> going to, you know, get sick as a result of coming to the barbecue and possibly die? Um, you know, so I'm hopeful that we will, you know, we'll get to that point or not hopeful. I know that we will. 
it's just a matter of, you know, will it be this year or next or, you know, <laughs> I think uh, like you, when is it going to be? Just like you said, it's it's going to be when everyone learns the lesson of the last, uh, well, I think it's 18 months now, almost 20, almost 24 months. Once right. they learn all those lessons of freshman and sophomore year of COVID, we'll all pass <laughs> it from the junior and senior and move on to something new. And it'll be great. Yeah, I'm ready to graduate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think we all are at this point. So if you had a if you had a chance to use the Wayback Machine like those movies we had when we were younger about the uh, uh, eighteen again or whatever those movies were, what if you could talk to your younger self? What kind of uh, inspiration would you give your younger self? You know, I would say to my younger self that you are more capable than you think you are. Um, I because I think growing up military, <clears throat> it's really interesting. I tell people, you know, because. There are some, I have every facet covered. I've been a military brat, military child. You know, I've been a military member. I've been a military spouse. And so I know the military from many different angles. And as a child, I felt like it was a hindrance because I was, you know, painfully shy. didn't get close to people because I was fearful that they would leave or we would leave because every couple of years, you know, you're changing duty stations and you got to make new friends. You're always the new kid in school you know, all those kinds of things. And I was really painfully shy and I wouldn't speak out. I wouldn't use my voice. I wouldn't, you know, I, I just kind of was a, a totally different person um, from who I am now. But then when I became a military member, I remember going to the, um, the reception station and getting off of the little cattle cars or whatever. And I was still so very shy. I went to the back of the line. They made four ranks. I went to the back. You know, trying to hide, not be seen. And our drill instructor said, do an about face. And uh, we had to do an about face. And now everybody in the front what became a squad leader. So uh, I went from, yeah, like, you know, I, and I remember just like literally being sick, physically ill, um, because I was like, I can't do this. I can't tell people what to do. People won't listen to me and, you know, all of those things. And so I also credit it with making me a leader. Um, and giving me the confidence that I have. So if I could reach back, you know, to that time or even into my childhood, I would tell my younger self that you are capable, you know, that you will do great things, that, um, that you, you know, have so much more ability within you. You already possess it um, than you believe that you do because, you know, I was one of those children that just, I had very low self-esteem, um, even though, you know, I had parents that were very supportive um, they were very um, um, complimentary. They made sure that we felt as though the sky was the limit and all of those things. But I still had a very um, low self-esteem and a very, I, I was very challenged, you know, as a child by everything. And um, so I think that's what I would say. You know, I would, I would say, you know, go for it. Go for the things that you um, are interested in. Don't be afraid to step out on faith and try new things. Um, and I would probably travel more. <laughs> I would have traveled more um, to places, you know, here in the States, because I'd been all over Europe. We'd been to, um, we lived in England. We lived in Okinawa, Japan, lived in Germany, multiple places in Germany and stuff. And so, you know, but I had, you know, I'd been to Georgia. And so um, I would have, as a young adult, before getting married and having children and everything, I would have taken some time to, to do some more traveling too. I'd say, you know, while you're young, and you're free, uh, travel and see the world a little bit more. <laughs> Go enjoy some of the sites that you'll hear, hear things about when you grow up and 
not understand what people are talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, th- I think I, when you were a military brat at, in that era, it was even harder for the, the child because they didn't have the, the networks that are there now. And my daughter, when she started, we didn't have Facebook and all that stuff. But by the time she was, when I was retiring, Facebook was big. So she was able to stay connected with most of the kids that were in high school with her. Maybe some of the ones that she went to grammar school with. But those before that, it was just like you. She didn't want to get too close to people because she knew she wouldn't be there long. Or like you said, you knew they wouldn't be there long. You didn't want to have that heartbreak that, oh, I'm so close to this person and they're gone. It's like a summer summer vacation friend all the time. Exactly. Exactly. So true. So, I mean, we've, but, we've talked about, we've talked about your journey here, uh, especially the last couple of years. And of course your military brat life, how do you, besides the inspiration, what do you, how do you stay motivated? Um, you know, again, I think that it's, it's just the positivity and it's just kind of who I am. I think part of it is, you know, again, going back to the military and the leader um, part of me, um, in addition to that, I am the eldest of four girls, so I've always had to be the strong person. I've always had to be the example um, and things like that. And I just, you know, I kind of subscribe to the fact that I try to do things that I enjoy, the things that give me some kind of pleasure and some kind of joy. So, you know, I interact with um you know, clubs or associations or civic organizations or whatever that are going to bring me some kind of joy. And I just happen to be the kind of person that um, just loves to serve, you know, so I love to serve others. This past week, I went and helped um, at a local church to um, put meals together for Meals on Wheels for, you know, elderly folks. And um, whenever we have hurricanes come in the area and the schools are used as shelters, so they shut us down. I normally go to one of our food banks here and I help them bag rice and beans and you know, put care packages together for um, the less fortunate and stuff like that. So I'm just someone that just has a desire to serve and that gives me great joy. And so I think that that's kind of what motivates me. I know that every day there's going to be an opportunity uh, to impact someone's life in some way and, um, you know, just to bless somebody. And so I just, I kind of live for that. I live for the opportunities to um, to encourage other people and to serve. Awesome. Because that is your sense of purpose right there. Uh, once it you is. stop, once you stop tying your boots up and went to an adult job after you left the military, you had to do the adult job and yeah, you, you still had to have a purpose in life and going to a nine to five sometimes isn't it for everybody. Although right. I think it, the way you're talking, it sounds like you're very motivated at your job. So I think you like it a lot. It's like a, your second family almost, but some people need to find an outside purpose to say, yes, I'm still, I'm still meaning something in this world. And I think you found it. Yeah. And I think, you know, like I said, I've been extremely fortunate, you know, um, terribly blessed to, to be in that situation because you're absolutely right. Not everybody, you know, has that, um, is fortunate enough to have found that. And not everybody, like you said, is a nine to five, you know, there are people that are entrepreneurs and they need to be their own boss and, um, you know, and things like that. And people have so many different gifts and talents. And um, it's just a matter of mining those and finding out the best way um, to utilize them so that they serve or meet your needs. But then they also, you know, potentially serve and meet the needs of others um, at the same time. And if you can ever find the intersection of your talent and your passion, um, the money will be will be fine, whatever the amount is. 
it'll be fine and it'll meet your needs. Um, but most people are not fortunate enough to, um, you know, besides, you know, I don't know, maybe professional athletes or something, you know, <laughs> to be able to get paid to do something that, you know, that they love that they would do for without pay. Um, right. You know, most people aren't aren't that fortunate. And um, and I do recognize that. And so I know I'm extremely, um, extremely fortunate to have a job that I love so much that, you know, even given the opportunity to do something on my own, I really have to weigh that, you know, all the time. Like, OK, I don't know if I do. I want to leave Richland, too. I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> because it is really a, a family and um, and I do enjoy the people that I that I work with I enjoy the work that I'm allowed to do and um, and so it's it's it would be a it, when it comes to that point it would be a very hard decision to make well of course especially with the roots you've made there like we talked earlier how long you've been in the area how long you've been there it's hard to just now say it's time for change and I'm gonna do something different tomorrow it's gonna be a hard choice when you do that and I'm, I have no doubt that you'll be fine when you do it, but it'll just be a weird feeling for probably a couple of weeks, maybe a month until you finally go the opposite direction of your other light that you're going to at that point. Yeah. You know what it's like? It's like when um, someone in the military retires. I remember when my ex-husband retired, it was hard for him to find, you know, his sweet spot or whatever, because he was so used to getting up and doing PT at the crack of dawn and, you know, giving orders and, um, you know, all that was wrapped around his military lifestyle. And then when he retired and he didn't have to be anywhere and nobody, you know, was waiting on him to tell him what move to make or, you know, whatever, he really struggled for, for a little while to find out like, okay, what is my next, what's my next move? You know, what, what am I going to do and how am I going to be fulfilled now that I don't have the military? So that's kind of what it reminds me of. Oh, definitely. And after I retired, it, it took me a year to find out what to do with my hands again. And uh, it was like every day just walking into walls because I didn't know what to do. And I didn't have to talk to anybody every day. Didn't have to be at work it before the sun came up and stay there till right. the sun went down. So I, I had to figure, find my way again. It took me a year, but I, I landed on my feet and I've driven forward with it. And I, I feel much better about life now. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. So we talked about your, what you were going to tell your younger self and, one of your biggest mistakes was not traveling. So I'm not going to let you answer this question with that. So what is the biggest <laughs> mistake you have made and what did you learn from it? Let's see the biggest mistake that I've made and what have I learned from it? I think um, perhaps I would go with the whole um, not following my heart. Um, and again, it kind of does go back to the, what I tell my younger self in the sense that, you know, I would go for it. I would be more um, committed to following my heart and doing the things that I wanted to do. You know, like I said, I wanted to be an attorney. I wanted to go into law. Um, and I never did that. And, you know, I, I've never really thought be really hard about why I didn't do it because my life just took a different path and I've accepted that. But, um, but I think that that would be, you know, a, re a regret if, if I have any. And I don't even really think of it as a regret at this point. But, you know, that would be a mistake. You know, I would say, you know, follow your dreams. Don't be afraid to fail. I had um, a, uh, a supervisor tell me that one time, you know, that the only way to get ahead is to lose your fear of failure. You can't be afraid. You know, if you're paralyzed by the fear of failure, you'll never 
you're never, you're never, you will never grow. You won't um, climb the corporate ladder, you know, or any, you have to be willing to step out and take some chances and put yourself out there and be vulnerable and, um, and all of those things. So I think that would be, um, you know, my, my greatest um, regret or mistake that I made. And, you know, like I said, what it taught me or, or what I learned from it was that, you know, if you have a dream um, and you have the means and you have the ability, you have the talent and the passions and stuff or whatever, um, to not let fear, um, you know, paralyze you from moving forward and pursuing that. And, you know, the worst thing that can happen is it doesn't work out and you're right where you were. Um, but exactly. what if it does, you know, I mean, and you're able to realize your dreams. So, so yeah, I think that would be one of the the things I would say. Okay. That's awesome right there. I'm glad I took the other one off the table before you got this answer. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that your uh, daughter is a good mentor to you and you obviously are a mentor to other people. So what do you look for in mentors as you go out and about? You know, I look for people um, that are doing things that I would like to do, but feel like perhaps, you know, I don't see in myself. You know, I, I look for strong women. Um, I look for women that are accomplished, women that are fearless, um, and not just women, you know, or, or, or men. Um, but, you know, it's, it's got to be someone that is, um, in, my, in my belief, uh, far beyond where I am, you know, not necessarily a peer, but something so that I have something to strive for. Um, for instance, you know, I was saying my daughter, she's um, 27. So obviously, you know, my daughter, she's younger than I am. And, um, but she is an attorney. <laughs> you nah. know, she followed her dreams. And, um, and so she did pursue that. And she is an attorney. And she is one of the smartest people that I know. Um, and not just a book smart, but just, you know, I just, I'm in awe of her, you know, and I'm just like, I can't believe she's my daughter. Um, <laughs> like, you know, and she's always like, well, of course I'm your daughter. I learned it from you. And I just, you know, but I don't see it. You know, I'm just like, no, oh my God, she's so much smarter than I am. She's so much, you know, more accomplished at her age than I was. She's so much more, um, you know, has so much more potential than I feel like I've ever had. And so I look for people that, you know, possess possess traits or have perfected um, traits that I don't see myself um, having perfected yet or having reached yet. Um, somebody that's going to push me um, and challenge me to uh, do my best, to get out of my comfort zone um, and to also to celebrate me. Um, you know, people that are my cheerleaders, um, people that are uh, my support system uh, when needed people that aren't afraid to, you know, kick me from behind when they need to or <laughs> drag me from the front. And then, you know, hopefully we're walking side by side most of the time. But, you know, but I need people in my life that are, are willing to be honest and open and transparent. And, um, you know, but people that I admire and I would love to, uh, to be like, you know, so that's kind of what I always look for in mentors. Awesome. I mean, that's a perfect thing to look for. You don't want someone that's just going to push you and then walk away, but not say, hey, you did great and you can do this. You want a mentor, like you said, that has been a champion in their area or the area you want to go into and also want to see other people succeed in that same area. Those are the best mentors to have. And I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Yeah. So as our time is drawing close here, uh, what's three things you would tell a young, not just a young yourself, but a young person? coming up 
to inspire them to lead to greatness? Let's see. Um, one of them, you know, I think I've already shared, and that is to, you know, to follow your dreams um, and to listen to that inner voice that that pushes you to go um, and and do the things that you really um, enjoy. Um, another thing I would say is to really be clear about who you are. What are your strengths and what are your weaknesses? You know, we all have them. No one is perfect. You know, we've all got flaws, but you've got to know what those are um, so that they don't continue to cripple you as you go down, down the road, you know, and, and as you try to pursue your purpose and, and your dreams. Um, so, yeah, I'd say, you know, go for the things that are that are important to you. Don't be af you know, afraid to do that. Know yourself, you know, be very clear about um, who you are and um, who you are not. You know, have very clear uh, boundaries about what you will and will not accept um, in your life. And then I guess lastly, I would say um, to celebrate everything, even the smallest of victories. Um, as someone who's, like I said, gone through breast cancer and faced a life-threatening illness, um, you begin to realize literally there are so many things that become um, very clear as far as what's really important in your life. And, you know, no day is promised to us, you know, and so I would say celebrate everything. It doesn't matter. You woke up in the morning, celebrate that, you know, the car started when you turned the key. That's a celebration, you know. You, you know, I, I tell people all the time during COVID, I was never with without a job. A lot of people can't say that. You know, I had a consistent paycheck. My husband and I were never in dire straits to the point that we were going to lose our home or, you know, any of our belongings or anything like that. That's a blessing. That's something not to take for granted um, and to celebrate. But, you know, being able to buy groceries, you know, making it for 20 months without catching COVID. You know, I mean, there are just there are so many, you know, things that happen every day that we should be thankful for. And that we should celebrate because, again, we don't know, you know, tomorrow you may not have the opportunity. Um, so, yeah, travel when you're young, um, <laughs> you know, eat junk food, you know, have fried chicken and ice cream. You know, I mean, do the things that make you happy um, because you never know um, if you'll have that chance um, later on. So I think those are the, the three pieces of advice I'd give young folks. That's awesome right there. And uh, I hate to use uh, the Navy as a quote, but the Navy SEALs say it the best. The only easy day was yesterday. And, and that's it. Every day you wake up is, is a perfect day for you. You woke up. All right. That's a victory. I made my bed. That's a victory. Let's keep moving and just knock, knock it out. And I think Absolutely. you hit the nail on the head with that as well. Absolutely. Uh, Georgette, if someone that's in the audience wants to get you to, to motivate their team at their, at their office, how would they get in touch with you? So they can reach me at the speaking council.com and that's C O U N C I L. So the speakingcouncil.com is uh, my website. I'm on social media, on um, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, all at the Speaking Council. Um, and so any of those ways that they um, want to reach out, um, I'd love to be able to come and motivate and inspire and um, share my story or hear other stories and um, see if there's any uh, connections that we can make. Awesome. Thanks for taking some of your time to come on, Georgette, and uh, have a good night. Thank you so much. Thank you.
That was great chatting with Georgia. Check out how she can motivate you on her website and follow the Speaker Council. So you know how we do this. Thanks for thanking some of your time to spend with us on The Misfit Nation. Be sure to hit that subscribe button and share the link as much as possible. If you want to, please become a supporter to help us carry this thing on. We appreciate you. If you know someone that would bring that energy and has a great story to the show, have them visit our website at themisfitnation.com and reach out to us. Also, check out our YouTube channel, The Misfit Nation Podcast. As always, till next time, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling, because we are The Misfit Nation.